0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Pace Mannion, the former Ute, former jazz player, now being referred to as the dad of Nico. And he joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung tag A, Tab A for ninety-nine ninety-nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Pace, dad of Nico, good morning. <laughs> How are we doing, guys? It's like crosstalk back in the day. This is awesome. What a flashback. This is awesome. It's been
1: too long, man. (laughs) Uh,
2: I didn't didn't sleep last night because I was so excited to do this with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bull. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: I slept pretty well, really. Just in case
0: you were wondering if you remembered here in Utah. So, you know, tease ahead a couple segments. What's coming up? And I mentioned that you're coming on, and we've already gotten tweets about you. Questions for you and we will get to those but you know you're like a fine sports car a fine italian sports car right you got to you got to move through the gears you can't just throw that thing into fifth gear and peel out go zero to 60 in a tenth of a second you'll pop and no, I Achilles. Just can't wait. <laughs> yeah. so uh you have played a lot of basketball cuz obviously you played for the youth you played for the jazz you're in the nba for about 7 years you went and played for in europe for another decade or so and then you started commentating games. You did jazz pre-half and, pre, and post for five years. Now, all of that, compare that to watching your kid play. How's that been?
2: <laughs> um, stressful. Um, you know, I mean, it's great watching him. You know, as a dad, you're always proud to watch your son do what he loves and, and you know, go through his ups and downs and his learning stuff and, and maybe to, to help guide him through it because you've, you know, been through it. So those things are fun, but watching games I always remember my dad saying, Man, it's so hard coming to Utah and watching you play at college. I'm thinking all you gotta do is sit there. What's hard about it? You know? And <laughs> now you and, know. Huh? And now I get it. You know, I think you your hands are tied, there's nothing you can do, you just have to watch him. And, and and you're you know, I've always said, I wish I didn't know basketball the way I do. It'd be easier to watch him, but you see all the mistakes, you see everything he does that, you know, coaches see and And you want to help him through those things, and it's it's difficult at times because you're you just don't get you can't help him. He's got to do this on his own.
1: So the system, the way it's currently created, and it looks like it'll be changed uh, down the line at some point, is they're basically forcing these kids to do a year of college. And I know, and I've spoken to you several times, and how you know the idea of being a one and done and get on the NBA. Sean Miller the other day is talking about some kid coming in that's basically going to be playing point guard. He's acknowledging that your son is a one-and-done. I'm not sure if he's acknowledging the other two freshmen are going to be one-and-dones, but we've heard about them going in, and the Cats could end up with three first-round picks and all that stuff. So I want to know from you, since you went through it yourself and now you're on the other end of it, do you think that in terms of development, long-term, not right now, but long-term development, <clears throat> is it better for a kid, as long as they're capable and going to get drafted, is it better for a kid to go from high school in the NBA – or play that year in college and then go in the NBA.
2: Well, there are very few kids um, that are physically or mentally ready to make that jump from high school. So I think it's a you know it's a rare breed that you're going to get. Sure, um, it has changed from when it was when it was first done and, and guys were jumping because it, it just the guys weren't as big and strong when you first started this. Now you know these guys are. <laughs> with the weight programs, the athletes that are, are in the league today, you know, most guys in high school just physically couldn't go compete. They think they can. You know, Nico would always say, I think I'm ready for that. Physically, there's no way he's ready for that, They don't come out of high school. Um, and there are very few. And so I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys do it, even when the rule does change in, in 2022. And I think that's the, the timeframe for the NBA to set, uh, for them to go back to that. Because I think that, you know, and I've always talked to Nico about – the one-and-done and trying to get you get there early. You know, it's not a failure if you play two years of college, in my opinion. I don't think that will be the case because of all the thing that's, the stuff swirling around Nico right now. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's a failure for a kid to play two years. Well, Donovan know, Mitchell did. He's playing his second year. He's got a lot better. Tyrese Halliburton, I'm picking point guards because those are the ones I see that are in all the mock drafts compared with Nico. But they're in their second year. You know, Halliburton last year averaged, you know, six points and three assists. This year he's averaging – you know, 16 and 7, that jump you get from that freshman year to your second year is huge because you've been through it. Now you understand the college level, you understand the speed, you understand the athletes you're playing against, and that year, and now the second year has really developed you into being ready, if you're ready to go to the pros, if you're that good, then you're, you're, you're another year ready towards that, and I think that's a big thing for these kids, it's, it's just a hard jump.
0: You know, a huge X factor, I think, in this whole process, and it probably still varies from team to team in the NBA, but we're not around all 30 teams or so we're around the Jazz. Maybe you know what's going on with the Suns um, since you're in Arizona now. But I would say that in the past I always thought kids develop better in college. They could be overwhelmed and get lost in the pros. But the pro staffs have grown so much over the last decade. This isn't, you know— two or three jazz coaches and one of them out throwing bounce passes before a game, the development is just really detailed and specific, and there's no way with the NCAA having, even however loosely enforced the rule is, with that 20-hour-a-week rule, there is no way a college coach a program could be expected to develop the way guys the way we're seeing jazz players develop. I mean, they just have one player after another who isn't much and then there's something and then they're pretty good and suddenly in their rotation and they're helping with a win streak. You're Like guys are really improving and it's obvious to the naked eye. And so I wonder how much that factors in to players decision, Nico in this case, but you know, players all across the board because I, I don't have a good handle on whether this happens with five, 15 or 25
2: NBA teams, this level of development? Well, I think, I think most of those teams have pretty good player development guys because they've realized, and you can look at the franchises that do. You can see the guys' teams have drafted, and then in three years, they're, they're much better players because, one, they've, you know, they've gotten bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. and, and better, but their player development guys have, have put them in situations to be successful. And it's one of the things I see you know with Nico this year. Not being able to train with his trainer like he did through high school you know, he's taken a step back as far as all the stuff he's he's used to doing. He's tried to just dumb it down and get to where he wants to get on the floor and, and some of those things and, and the spacing in college isn't the same. But I think those those guys in the NBA, when you don't have a classroom you have to go to, you can train when, whenever you want, you can do all those things, of course you're gonna get better. You know, and if you get to the right team who has you know, good player development guys, a good system and they can plug you into that system. I think you're only going to get better. You know, you've seen the two kids this year, maybe three. You know, LaMelo went over because he had to. R.J. Hampton went to Australia because he decided to skip college. Um, Terry Armstrong, who had committed to Arizona, along with me in that class of freshmen, um, he decided at the end of the day that he was going to go over and play in Australia. And that's the, because they figured, I can go train. I don't have to go to school. I can play against a grown men and some pros. And and they that was the path they thought would be better because of the, what you're talking about is that development side, and and there's some I think there's some pluses to that I think there's some minuses to it, you know Nico could have gone overseas and played he could have gone to Italy and played and made money but he wanted the college experience, you know so I think it's just a matter of you know, what what are your you know economic situations with your kids do you need that and there are some some things that come into it that I don't think everybody has to go through. Well yeah,
1: the Mannion household living over there in North Phoenix, North Scottsdale, man. They're just rolling it. so they don't have to worry big about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've been uh, over that area, man. It's very exclusive off the uh loop freeway there, so I mean I know. Uh, yeah, there are some
2: there are some nice areas. I wish I was in one of those. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> How about two? I'm wondering, you know, I watched the games and I watched him in high school and I talked to you about playing him in high school and you told me when he was on television and I made sure I watched him and all. And obviously you were impressed uh, with just the way he played the game. And I always said that he could score 35, and it would seem like it was a quiet 35 because if you were open, he had no problem getting you the ball, even though he was scoring a bunch of shots or scoring a bunch of points, I mean. And now I'm watching. And I'm wondering for you, Pace, if you've seen this, if I'm off base, if I am, tell me you've had no problem telling me to shut up in years past. So <laughs> I, I'm wondering the the amount of pressure that is on. So we'll use him as the an example. And, and any heralded freshman who comes in, you know, especially at, at the University of Arizona, where the football team basically sucks, and it's been a basketball school for a number of years, and everybody in Tucson just lives and breathes a- or, uh, U of A basketball. Or I guess it's U Arizona now, is what they're supposed to call it, something stupid. But uh, I'm wondering about the pressure because the standard to live up to is just so enormous. And I felt like as I was watching that Oregon State game, the pressure of my gosh we're supposed to win because we've got these three heralded freshmen here and we got Jeter and a couple other guys and Sean Miller who just looks like you know he's going to have a heart attack any time the team gets down by 2 points i'm just wondering how all that how he's handling all this pressure because everybody knows who he is they're supposed to win he's supposed to make every shot all this stuff all rolled into one
2: um that's been you know that's one of the things we talked about earlier is you know there are certain things you have to go through on your own and that's part of, of part of it. Now is Nico under more stress than most kids? I believe so. You know, he comes in under the FBI investigation, the FCA stuff. You know, he's heralded as you know, coming in to help save the program, right. him and Josh and Zeke. Yeah. There's all those and Nico Moore, because he was the highest ranked kid, Yes. the one that was projected to go to the NBA earlier. All the things that have happened for him has been it's just added more pressure to him and, and what he what he has to do. Um, I think he's handled it well. I, I think he is you know, there are times I watch him play and I know that he's second-guessing what he's doing. Uh, and so, is there stress? Of course there is. You know, you're being coached by a great coach. He wants certain things that you're not used to doing. There, are, You know, you're used to pulling up and taking shots. and he, In his mind, sometimes those are quick. Those aren't good shots. Those are this. So, now you have to go through that process of, is this a good shot? Should I take it? Should I? And you don't have that time in the middle of a basketball game to think like that. So, my job with Nico is just, to say, hey, you can't worry about that. You know, if you're open... You just have to shoot. If he wants to take you out, he'll take you out for it. But you have to be who you are. And what's got you here was, you know, was playing with that air of confidence where you felt like you could do whatever you wanted. And you have to continue that. And it's hard because you don't want to go against a coach. You want to keep your teammates involved because now you're playing with better guys. You're playing against better defenses. So it's not as easy as it was in high school. But you have to find that, that middle ground, I think, in that balance to be the player you've always been, the player that he recruited you to be. And, you know, and then it's on Sean two to, you know, no, hey, I recruited you because of how you were in high school, not because of, you know, I don't want to turn you into T.J. McConnell. You know, I want you to be free enough to make decisions and plays that you're you're capable of making that, you know, T.J. is a great player, but he's not the athlete or the creator that Nico is, so it, it's different, and Sean's always said, I've never had a point guard like this, and I think sometimes it's harder to coach somebody like that because of the freedoms he's willing to take and the risks he's willing to take and. Sean wants a real efficient guard, and with Nico style, sometimes you're going to have an extra two turnovers. You're going to have an extra bad shot, you know, but you know, he's always found a way to – that's been a positive in his game, and we'll see if he can get that back in his game, you know, for the last 15 games of the Pac-12.
0: Well, you referenced it, so we might as well get to Twitter right now, because what was coming up on Twitter was uh, they wanted to know about Nico choosing Arizona in the shadow of the FBI investigation and how big a deal that was, or was it just part of the retirement plan all along?
2: Oh, of course. It was just the money. (laughs) I mean, come on. You guys, I mean, they already know. You know, it's funny that that's the question that's asked, because, you know, Nico was recruited by some very good schools, and... Uh, when it came down to to Arizona and Marquette, which we thought were both good fits. Yeah, Arizona was going through what they were going through, but everybody on the outside was hearing the stories from the newspaper or whatever social media place they were getting it. You know, me, I was talking to um, the head of compliance at Arizona and Sean Miller, and I was getting, I knew when stories were coming out, I knew what was being said, I knew the backdrop behind it, And I would just continually explain all that to Nico. And so we always had an idea of of how things were going and where we thought it would go. Of course, it's a risk. But, you know, when Sean came into the house and pitched Nico on what he wanted to do and and things he was was looking to do with Nico and Josh and and Zeke, if they got him, you know, um, he sold Nico. And and he came in on September 9th, in-house meeting, had a nice meal with him and his staff, and then he pitched what he needed what he to do. The next day, we went out of town. When I landed, Nico called me, and he said, I want to commit. I mean, Marquette was coming that day to his high school. He was supposed to go to Marquette the following weekend, and he just said, this is where I want to be. I don't want to waste anybody's time, anybody's money. This is where I want to be. Uh, and so, you know, that's, it came down to him just following what he felt best about. It. And, and it was he, he's the only... I guarantee you, and I, well, I can't guarantee, you, but I would think he was the only five-star top ten kid that never took a visit. You know, he didn't go anywhere. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But he never went on a he never went on a trip. He went to Arizona after he committed, but that was just to go up during the Red and Blue game and you know get his. They will stay in the hotel and hang with his buddies and you know get get some meals and and have some fun with everybody. But he didn't go through that. But he was sold with Sean and and what he went
1: through. How is it paced balancing, you're playing for a college team, and you know, you're know you trying to win, and, and get to the NCAA tournament, and all the stuff that goes into the collegiate aspect, which you know as well as anybody, but at the same time, you got 30 scouts in the stands, and people are getting film on you, and so how do you balance in the moment of trying to win and have fun at the collegiate level, but also display your talents for the draft that's coming up in the summer?
2: Uh, it's a great question because I think that's one of the toughest things you know these these young kids go through. And it's not the fact that playing in the game, they're worried about the NBA at that moment. They just want to win. They're right. all competitors. You know, you know. I've tried to tell Nico that the stats for you really don't matter. You just need to play. The stats will be what they are. Guys know what you can do already. Guys that are sold on you are sold on you. Guys that are iffy on you are going to stay iffy on you. You know? You only need one scout to love you, one GM to love you, and that's where you'll end up. But um, I think the pressure of that and trying to keep him just, hey, let's. I try to get – we rarely talk about NBA talk. Um, We talk about what's going on in college, enjoy the day, work hard. The only thing you control is how hard you work today and if you get better today. The the rest of it, you don't know what's going to happen. So just go practice hard every day, hit the weights, do what you're supposed to do, get better, and move on. You know, you have a bad game. Put it in the past and move on. Have a good game, put it in the past and move on. Because you have to just go that way. And he's been in front of scouts his whole life. You know, I mean, when he went down to the hoop summit and there were, you know, 100 NBA scouts and, and GMs to watch them practice nine times in Portland, I could have never done that. Never could I have done that. for that so, me, there would have been so much pressure to do that. And to him, it was just, I said, were you nervous? He goes, hey, once you start playing, that, I don't have time to, To worry about those guys. I just got to play. And to be able to block that out as an 18 year old kid and go through that in front of, with that kind of stress and those kind of athletes that you're playing against, to me was, was just really impressive. And it just shows his, you know, his mental toughness. And it's, this year he's, you know, he's battled. He's, you know, he hasn't played well the last, you know, five, six games. He's played well. He's just shot the ball not as well as he normally has. That's just a thing you have to work your way through. And, you know, he will, just like everybody does. Everybody goes through those those, you know, a few weeks where they don't shoot it. And, and he's done it his whole life and he's worked his way out of it. So I don't see why this would be any other way. But that's a, I think that's the hardest thing on these kids is the stress level they go through.
0: So all that mental toughness stuff, uh, he didn't get that from Pace Manning. He gets that from his mom. Am I right? <laughs> well, if that's the case, he got the mental toughness, the hops,
2: the <laughs> everything from everything. Her. I, I, you know, I, I was, I did very little. You shot
1: it. That's not what I heard. Mark Croft used to always say you were a a street baller. You were a total ba out on the floor. I appreciate (laughs) your humility. It's one of my (laughs) better qualities. Also, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we know you know you're a ute and uh, obviously have been one. I think you're in the uh, crimson club hall of fame and all that stuff. so they're going to go down to Tucson. How's it going to be to actually be rooting against the Utes? Um,
2: well, it won't be hard because it's my kid playing, so it's not really a, a tough decision. But um, it would have been I, – I was – I really wanted to see him play in Salt Lake. You know, it would have been fun. But I think that would have been more emotional than watching him at McHale.
0: Okay, yeah.
2: You know, watching him, you know, in Salt Lake City, playing against Utah on that floor. Same that, building. Uh, for right. me, it would have been fun to watch. You know, yeah. But this time it's just, hey, it's Nico. They've you know they're coming off two tough losses in Oregon. Utah's coming off a bad loss to Colorado. Um, you know it's going to be a battle. They're both good teams, so it's just going to be you know I'm, I'm just obviously cheering for Arizona. Um, you know, but that's just blood thicker than my ties to University of Utah.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Pace Manion joining us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. So enough about your son Nico and his play and what he's got to do with his game. Give advice to parents as you go through how you dealt with him in high school, how you're dealing with him in college, and inevitably when he's playing pro basketball, how you're going to be dealing. What is the appropriate amount of interaction for a parent to have with a kid as they go through each of those levels of play?
2: Well, I think the first thing you need to to figure out is, is how much does your kid really love the game? You know, because if you're doing it for you and you're living vicariously through him, I think that's a... You know, I've watched it, you know, throughout the Under Armour circuit and, and watching these parents. And they want it more than their son does. And I think that's the, uh, you know, it's tough. You know, I want I want Nico to succeed um, for him. You know, but I think the the interaction you have is, is always going to be dependent on the relationship you have with your son or daughter who's playing and, and, and going to go through the process of being recruited. Nico and I had, you know, did we battle? Yeah, did he cry when I got on it? Did he get mad when I'd say, you know, point out all the things he did wrong in the game after the, in a the car ride home? Of course he did, you know. But he figured out that I was I was I was trying to help him. You know, it was hard for him to figure that out because he took it personally. Because he was, you know, 13 years old, 12 years old, and uh, we finally had a had a talk about Do you, hear, you want to hear? Let me tell you what you want to hear or what you need to hear. Because I can do both and he said no, I just just tell me what I want to hear. So after one tournament I, I did after the game I just told him how great he was. And then I just sat silent for about the next 10 minutes. And he finally couldn't take it. He said, "All right, all right, tell me." You know? <laughs> and scary. from that point on he understood that I'm not mad at you. I'm just trying to help you get better. So he's handled as he's matured and he's gotten better, you know, he 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 knows. He knows the game well enough now. I don't have to tell him when he made a mistake. He knows the minute he did it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have to tell him how how did you how did you make that pass? I mean, that was, or how did you get backdoored on that play? I mean, those things are. He knows the minute it happened. Man, I screwed up. So, you know, he's got a very high IQ when it comes to the game, and he's only going to get better with that. And I think the NBA will be more suited than college because of the spacing um, and how he plays. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be a, a it, it'll be a tough transition, but it'll be fun. You know, and then the the parent side of it I, for me. I'm just along for the ride right now. I'm just, you know, I get calls from all the NBA agents. Um, I'm dealing with those. I told Nico I'd deal with all that. I'd pick three or four and put them in front of them, and you can interview with three or four that I think you'll like and, and make your decision. You don't have to go through the, the ones, all the ones I've talked to. So, and, uh, But as a parent, it's tough. It's a tough line to walk of just being dad and not being too hard on your kid and, and pushing him out of the game. It's one thing I really tried not to do.
1: Well, next year, when he's making all that money, how about I come down to my homeland and we go to some fancy place over there at Desert Ridge and you pop?
2: You got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe Marley's. You do, you, it. do you go to Marley's?
2: Um, not very often. It's right there. I mean, it's right at Desert Ridge, you know I'm yeah. only about 10 minutes from that, that place. right and uh, but no I, I mean, it's a sports bar, you know If I'm going somewhere to eat, I want to get better food than the sports bar food.
1: Okay, well, you know. I'm up for that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're mine. What the heck? <laughs> I eat better. I eat better at home than I eat anywhere else. So I can't. You know, I don't. Ah, I, I don't like is. to go out much.
1: Yeah, that's the way my mother used to be, man. She's gone now, but her Italian food was off the charts.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're spoiled here for sure. That's you know, what and it's funny. That's one thing Nico said. Man, Mom, I, I miss. I miss your meals. You know, he, he realized now. He realizes what he had. Yeah. So, we take him. You know, whenever we go to Tucson. There's usually a, a few Tupperwares full of risotto or pasta or <laughs> something she's made, so he can, he can have two or three days worth, four days of, of pasta, and he has to fight his teammates. to keep okay. away from it. But well,
1: then just give me the code to get through the gates, and then I'll just eat at your house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, the
0: All right. Code. I'll send you. Yeah, I'll definitely send you the right code. <laughs> you know me, twelve hot dogs, and I'm good to go. <laughs> I've seen that in action, dude.
2: <laughs> and I remember you talking about it the next time I saw you you're up all night drinking water <laughs>
0: oh man I thought it was going to explode that was a stupid bet alright Pace as always good to talk to you say hi to Nico tell him uh, every time he goes left I take full credit
2: I'll let him know I okay. pushed him hard on that set I'll let him know <laughs> I did
0: worked him out personal trainer <laughs> to a second grader alright <laughs> thanks Pace alright guys we'll see you alright Pace Mannion his son Nico will be playing against the Utes it'll be a little weird be odd for pace to see a uniform and think those guys have to go down <laughs> but he's right you know they're coming off tough losses and oh, both arizona, teams, arizona yeah. had that yeah. big game with oregon it was a really good game. We, game you and i both Break watched game. it yeah went right down to the bitter end both teams mm-hmm. had their chances o- i'm sure nico's got a couple possessions he wants back in that yeah yeah i know but they wouldn't have gotten there without a couple of those possessions too so it's one of those deals all right dj and pk Action Plumbing bringing you the show. Call Action Plumbing and get your winter furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks by calling 801-833-3333. 801-833-3333. Or go to actionplumbing.net.
1: This, this this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. There were four suspected drug dealers officials were on to. They actually tapped the phones. And the way they got enough evidence that they could go in and arrest these guys is these guys went to go collect their cocaine. And it was gone. And what they found was feral hogs had snorted up $22,000 worth of their cocaine. <laughs> That's
2: when those pigs came up on that... Uh on those bars of cocaine,
0: it was go time. You know, you're going to lose me for a segment. When you <laughs> you want to hear what uh, the pig man sounds like on coke? <laughs> those poor pigs, you're right. They're probably dead.
1: Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three.
0: Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers
1: on 97.5 1280 The Zone
0: and The Zone Sports Network.